Asian Americans, we like to shame ourselves a lot and we like to judge ourselves a lot and we like to judge other people. Welcome to the Erasing Shame podcast. We are erasing shame about mental health by having honest talk for healthy living. We are so glad you can join us. And welcome to this episode of Erasing Shame. And this is our special summer series about mental health. My name is Jeremiah Chuang. And today, we're going to be talking with Annie Choi about resilience. Hi. Can you tell us about yourself uh, and uh, what your interest is, uh, what your background, uh, ethnicity, family, community? Sure. Um, my name is Annie Choi. I'm Korean American. I was born and raised in Los Angeles. And I, um, right now, am a small business owner. I used to work in the television post-production industry um, for a little bit before that. Um, and right now I own two coffee shops, uh, in, uh, the Los Angeles area. Um, I see I'm a lot too. What else am I talking about? Community, right? Uh, I have been a resident of Northeast Los Angeles forever, except for the time that I went to go, um, study in San Diego. So I got my bachelor's in communication and a minor in international studies, uh, at UC San Diego. And um, since then, I've come back to LA uh, with the hopes and dreams of um, telling stories in the film and television industry. And now I feel like I tell stories um, in my coffee shops. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about your story today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, could you tell us about your, your passion for mental health uh, and how you got motivated with it? Oh, of course, yeah. So I actually, um, I've struggled with both anxiety and depression in my own story. Uh, And um, I think it it all kind of started uh, to explode probably or implode or I started to implode um, in my mid-20s when I was um, really struggling and wrestling with trying to change careers. Um, I had worked up to a point um, like seven years of uh, trying to get to where I was um, in the television industry. Um, All my college experience, um, all my internships um, were up to this point. And then um, it all came to a halt when I was really unhappy. Um, So I think when I was really wrestling with that career change, um, I, I was really anxious and I didn't know why. And, um, My passion for mental health comes through, I mean, working on myself for the last X amount of years. Um, I'm in my early 30s, and so I I wanted to um, get behind why I was feeling these, you know, feelings of shame and guilt and honestly um, crippling anxiety. And um, the reason why I'm so passionate about it today is because if I can save some heartache for those around me and um, the pain that I went through, um, I would honestly want to do that for the people that I love. Thanks. Yeah, that sounds tough. Could you go into more detail about um, how you started to experience that anxiety as the part of this your overall story yeah really yeah um, of course um <clears throat> so sorry to interrupt um i when i wanted to uh, change careers from television to small business i 
it was really tough for me because number one, um, like being Korean American, uh, second generation, um, the first generation is actually not very, you know, and I think a lot of Asian Americans experience this, mm -hmm. um, first gen, they don't believe in mental health. They don't really talk about their stories. They don't talk about shame. They don't talk about guilt and all kind of, um, that's also in my story too. So I um, had a very hard time even uh, thinking about wanting to seek counseling. Um, but I knew that these uh, feelings of anxiety and feelings of depression um, were not okay uh, to um, function in my everyday life. And so and I'm, not, I'm not saying that anxiety and depression are not okay, but it was just, I, I came to this point of, um, I was not okay every day for months and that's why um, I sought out help um, and that was a struggle too. It was um, definitely um, not an easy decision and I think it was ultimately because I didn't want to disappoint my parents that I felt um, so unhappy and also it was I didn't want to disappoint myself. You know, um, I had all this stigma and, and um, I had all these opinions about mental health uh, because I had never explored it. And no one has ever really um, talked about it with me uh, when I was growing up. I thought like, you know, all these um, feelings of anxiety and depression meant that I was broken and that I was in the wrong. Um, and so there was a lot of shame around um, even admitting that I was feeling these feelings. Yeah. What was the process with counseling with uh, helping you understand your feelings or mm. how did your therapy process help? Yeah, so I've been in therapy for the last um, six years, I believe. Uh, I was referred um, to my current therapist uh, through um, a friend at church actually and I was very thankful for these referrals and honestly I, I want to encourage the audience too that's listening um, finding a therapist is actually not that easy um, because you have to uh, connect right and so even though um, seeking help is the first step and I'm so thankful that I did I want to encourage the audience to continue Right, because I um, saw a few therapists um, and interviewed a few therapists before I, I landed with my current rock star therapist, <laughs> and I feel so grateful. Um, and I've had several friends who have um, struggled with finding the right one, you know. Um, and I encourage the audience, especially Asian Americans, like. Um, you kind of want to connect with them and, and, and see eye to eye in terms of, well, like, for instance, my therapist is also Korean American and she's also a female and she's also Christian. So for me, it, it was a level of understanding that I didn't have to explain, but also she had this um, uh, background of, of mental health and, and getting trained in it to help me through the process. And so counseling for me has been a, such a lifeline. Um, it's been, uh, counseling therapy is just so, um, life-giving to me. Um, 
I have a lot of burdens every day um, as a small business owner. Um, and it's not even just being a small business owner that I have burdens, but it's personal stuff, you know, especially. And it started off, you know, six years ago talking about why I was so anxious in my career. And then it just was this um, beautiful path of discovery at the end of the day. Um, helping to counseling helped me to get to know myself. Um, know my patterns, and also to love myself at the end of the day. Um, and I feel it's been so enriching. Hmm. That's wonderful. And it's really encouraging for our audience. Yeah. And also for me to hear Yeah. Uh, how, how that process of therapy and finding the right counselor, mm -hmm. that's, it really pays off. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I... I wonder, like, am I supposed to terminate, you know, like that's, in, I guess in the, in the uh, counseling world, that's what you say when you like cut, cut ties, you know, and you're like, you've graduated on from therapy. But I know that even though there's like nothing quote unquote wrong with me now, it just helps me live life to go to therapy on a weekly basis um, because I'm able to um, unload my problems in a very safe and neutral environment um, where I don't have to put that burden on my friends and family. Um, and that in and of itself has been, it's been so encouraging. Mm. Were there any misunderstandings you ran into with your friends and family that made you not want to share that burden? Uh, or was, was that more particular to the, the times when you were struggling more severely? Um, yeah, I mean, my, um, so I'm, I'm very close to my immediate family. I have an older sister and then both of my parents are still living, but my parents don't believe in mental health. And so I actually, um, I sought out counseling, um, for the first few years and, and they didn't know that I was seeking therapy. And, you know, for me, that was a personal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it was for me. Um, and as much as I wanted to admit to my parents that I, I was seeking counseling, I was embarrassed, you know, um, I was embarrassed and, and shameful that I had to see someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, I can say now, uh, that I, it, it's very integral to who I am, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's good. Uh, I've definitely crossed that mountain but um, I still don't think my parents approve that I uh, see a therapist mm -hmm. and we both uh, we all don't talk about it you know and and that's okay you know because I've launched and I've individuated as a as an adult mm -hmm. um, but that's um, still a struggle for me because mental health is so important to me I wish that you know um, I talk about this with my Asian American friends a lot. I love talking about intergenerational like problems and like <laughs> what we can do to like heal. Yeah. Right? And I feel like first gen Asian Asian parents that came um, from their motherlands over to America, um, their stories are all about survival and it's a lot of struggle. But at the end of the day, I wish that if they were transparent about it, especially with their kids, 
you know. Um, healing could possibly uh, begin, and then transformation could begin. Um, and especially because I've noticed it in my own life, right, that I've seen the fruit of um, trying to be more self-aware and, and the fruit of being transparent with my friends. Um, I feel like, de like I've developed this greater appreciation for self and greater appreciation for the people who want to sit with me and see me and um, uh, meet me where I'm at. And uh, I wish that was the same with uh, first generation parents and second generation children because I feel like that gap of misunderstanding could be lifted. Yeah, we hope to have plenty of open conversations and honest talk for healthy living. That's our value here at Racing Shame, mm -hmm. and uh, it's really touching uh, how you're talking about wanting that for uh, first generation, second generation. Yeah, you know, I, I hope think. That can happen. Yeah, I hope it can happen too. And it's and what's really wonderful is that we have. Um, um, I said this in the last podcast that I was in, mm -hmm. but you know, history is now. And that is such a hopeful, redemptive feeling. You know, our story still continues. Um, you know, my parents are still living. And as hard as it is to even broach the subject about mental health with them, um, hopefully, hopefully, um, it can happen in this lifetime. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, especially because if transparency is something that I strive after, as a personal goal, mm. you would hope that I would model that in the relationship with those closest to me mm. and with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're really persistent about working on yourself and uh, really trying to care intentionally for your parents or yeah. do what you can. Yeah. Uh, and that's the best you can do. Exactly, um, you know? Yeah. And that reminds me um, of what we were talking about as we were trying to arrange this meeting was yeah. you mentioned resilience being high value for yourself. Yeah. Can you say how that's related to uh, everything you've experienced? So, um, <laughs> one of my regulars, my one of my regular customers at my uh, shop, he pointed out to me that I'm a resilient person. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I, <laughs> I, I had actually ever recognized that in myself. Um, but just a quick story. Uh, last year in 2017 at Found Coffee, which is my coffee shop in Eagle Rock, mm -hmm. uh, we were broken into twice in six months. Mm -hmm. And um, what I saw and what I learned from, from those break-ins was the power of community and them rallying around us. And yet this customer, who's such an integral part of our community, I'm very thankful for him. He was like, no, but you're resilient, Annie. You bounced back. And... I wish um, I would have known that about myself throughout all the struggles that I've gone through in this life, you know, in, in the last decade. And I um, am so thankful that now I can, I have eyes to see that. Um, but also, I think resilience is the antidote to anxiety. You mm -hmm. know, I think 
anxiety is so overwhelming and so overpowering sometimes that as an individual and I probably can, you know, it's, this is from my experience, mm -hmm. but as an individual, anxiety was just so, um, again, crippling. Um, and I feel like I didn't know how to take steps forward. And so, but if I didn't have a resilient spirit within me, I don't think I would have taken those steps forward. Mm. Therefore, I just feel like resilience and, and this um, kind of, and, and to define resilience to me is to keep moving forward despite your circumstances, right? Mm. So mm. it's not in the circumstantial um, moments, I mean, sorry, sorry, let me go back. In the circumstances that seem um, insurmountable, mm -hmm. uh, you still have this power of um, moving forward uh, and knowing and believing in yourself. And it might be like buried under a lot of crap, yeah. you know, but that's everyone, right? I feel like um, we were never promised that this life would be easy. Um, but there is hope in, in the future. Uh, so I just feel like my resilience and I have to call it out because, and I have to name it, um, has helped me restore a lot of things. And it's, it's, I've seen redemption in a lot of areas of my life because of it. And mm -hmm. so I'm very thankful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, what's a way that uh, other people could learn to be resilient? Ooh. Uh, maybe uh, you could aim it towards Asian Americans in particular? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> so Asian Americans, we like to shame ourselves a lot and we like to judge ourselves a lot and we like to judge other people. And I think if we um, kind of just shed that, and I know that that's a hard thing to do because mm -hmm. judging people, and I'm super judgy, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, work on that too. But um, at the end of the day, Asian Americans, if they even took a step forward to be empathetic towards the other and, empath and empathetic towards self, you know, and I think... A lot of it for me, I'm, I'm so hard on myself, um, especially as a small business owner because, and as an Asian American woman, because um, I think females can can know this uh, and relate to this very well. Um, because females, man, we're really hard on each other and we're hard on ourselves. And and I think if we took a step back and um, you know saw the other person for who they are, which is a person, it's a human being, you know, and um, I always tell my staff that whenever there's a rude customer, um, I always encourage them to first look at uh, who they are as a person and, and recognize it within themselves, the staff, to know that, hey, you don't know what their story is that day. So have grace and have empathy. And I think, um, Grace and empathy will help um, this path towards resilience and, and um, having a fighting spirit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm starting to see how the... Um, uh, that reminds me of another question I was thinking of, mm -hmm. which is, 
how do you think that our resilience might show up with first generation Asian Americans? Because if, if their story is mostly about survival, right. then they're really uh, persisting and making it through those circumstances. You know, I, I look at my parents, I have so much respect for them, you know, and through the, uh, and I think that's actually a lot of Asian American kids. They have a lot of respect for their parents. You know, can you imagine coming here, not knowing the language, um, leaving their families behind, you know? And uh, I look at my own parents and, and their stories of um, of survival, you know? My, my dad grew up very poor and my mom was um, a little bit more well off, but um, I especially look at my, my father and he was a, an entrepreneur, and so I, I, I got his spirit from him. But I also look at his, his um, upbringing and how he had to be a fighter, you know? And I wish this thread of resilience, um, number one, I wish that second generation would see it in their parents. You know, a lot of times I think kids are very selfish and spoiled and I, I especially second gen because our parents did everything so that we would have a better upbringing a better life a better education mm -hmm. and um, I think in my own story of struggle I had to always um, look back and see that my parents did so much for me and I think that's something also too that's why I felt so much shame changing careers because I was in a very lucrative um, career and job path and I felt like I was doing them wrong you know like that their resilience and that they're um, providing for me uh, was going to be discounted if I changed careers. But at the end of the day, you know, I said this in the podcast last time too, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, um, my friend, my Korean American friend, also a child of immigrants said that, you know, our parents did too much for us to be miserable in our careers, you know, um, to be miserable in our lives, right? It's kind of dishonoring to them if we just kind of go forward with this unhappy life, you know? And if we are, um, yeah, I'll just end it there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. In closing, uh, could you please share a word of encouragement to members of our audience who might be struggling with anxiety or depression? Yeah, you know, um, I wanna say like, hang in there. Um, be kind to yourselves, you know, like if you're not, um, <laughs> unfortunately, Asian Americans are very merit-based people. <laughs> mm -hmm. They are very overachieving. Um, and it's funny because if I ever have kids, I kind of want to just tell them like, be slightly above average. That's all I ask. <laughs> um, because honestly, there's all this pressure on us, right? And I think that's where a lot of this anxiety and depression comes from. Um, I, you know, and also there are, um, you know, genetic dispositions too. So if you are going through 
an anxiety-ridden phase of your life or if you do struggle with depression, number one, seek help. You know, um, mm -hmm. ask for help. We're really bad as Asian Americans. We don't know how to ask for help. We suck at asking for help, you know? And I think it's because we've had to be self-sufficient. But why? We're like, you know, our, our cultures are so kinship-based. So lean on the community around you. I think they'd be more than happy to um, bless you and um, walk alongside you. Thank you very much, Annie. Your words were insightful and your courage, your courageous character really came through. And this concludes our episode of Erasing Shame, our series about mental health. She talked about resilience and that's something we all need. Uh, stick with us, Resiliently, by following us on Facebook, iTunes, and YouTube. And all of our information is on our website, erasingshame.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Erasing Shame About Mental Health. Visit our website for all of our episodes at erasingshame.com. Please subscribe on iTunes or YouTube and like us on Facebook.